Hello and welcome to the Unqualified Huddle. Super Bowl has been decided. Well, the teams that are playing it, that is. But wait, wait. I, I have, do you mean the NFL decided who's, who's going to Super Bowl? <laughs> I was, I was just going to get to that. If you're a conspiracy theorist, then you know that the, it's already decided the Chiefs are winning. Congratulations to the Chiefs' kingdom for another title. But no, the yeah, the championship game has decided. The conference games has happened with not without its own discussions to be had. Um, first of all, how, how did you boys enjoy it? I'm livid. <laughs> a, a day later, I'm livid. I didn't even come into the game supporting the Bengals. I was leaning towards the Chiefs. But the officiating in that game, how we hear championship weekends done, we're getting ready for the Super Bowl and we're here talking about the officiating. I mean, this is the time of the year where... The best officials are meant to be officiating the game. You should be getting the the best refereeing decisions being made right now. This is where you've got to be your sharpest. There was so much sloppy things going on in that AFC Championship game. Well, um, not, not just the AFC. Like, don't, let's not just you know tar that officiating inquiry with with the brush. It, you know, in both games there were some questionable calls that were made and and some misses. But more more so more so than less, it was the the Bengals game. That people are more livid about and more in uproar with some of the, the outrageous calls is the only word for it, like or outrageous no calls as well, as we should say. I'm not buying this rigged uh, talk. It's just bad officiating. <laughs> and um, I don't NFL, know though. I don't know though because that's how it seems like. But that's how comical the officiating is in the NFL. And it's not been just this game. We've talked about it at length. In uh, overall podcast during the season, well, it's a common it's a common theme that's always rearing its ugly head about the NFL and like an organization that has as much money and resources as it does comes down to poor officiating. That oh yeah, and still don't have full time referees. Well, and I know like it's easy for us to say like being on our couch is calling stuff out, but it's not just it's not just us that are calling it. Like even the NFL, like people that are in the NFL are calling it out now. Yeah, I was surprised uh, how much backlash there was on Twitter from um, big big names around the NFL uh, and in the media um, on this game. During the games, there wasn't that much being called out. But as a fan, this was one game, probably the most most obvious one I can remember, where you don't need any commentary. You're watching the game and all the fouls are just clear as day in front of you. Um, I'm the ones that stand out to me are many of the blocking uh, blocking the backs on Kansas City's returns. Um, that yeah. stood out to me. There was an intentional grounding, which no. I know you, you guys disagree with me on this, but I didn't I, think the Bengals I, had an intentional. Uh, no, unfortunately, it was intentional grounding for me. Like it, it is what it is. Like I, I understand why people would be aggrieved by it, but at the end of the day, the rule states that he ran was there. He wasn't going to catch the ball. He was within 10 yards. No. But that's not part of the rule. And that's what commentators say and uh, officials on TV say. But it's still not part of the rules. They use it as a general thing. Our issue here with this roughing the... Um, sorry, not roughing the passer. Intentional grounding rule is the inconsistency in which it's applied. Yeah. It should it should be done It should be done more. Like, it should be... They should call it out more than they don't. Yeah. And, uh, and also the timing, you know, the time uh, plays where they're calling a dead play... On the critical third down, well, that, that was incomplete. That, that third Rats, down was uh, like like outrageous to me. Obviously, I, I you know I fell asleep during this game because it was late for us. So then I watched it the next day, 
And I didn't really understand what went on because I watched it on the 40-minute version that the NFL Game Pass does, which it just sort of goes play after play after play. And there was about three third downs in a row and I sort of sat there like, what is happening? Like, how is this, how is this a thing? And this is right in the middle of the game where the stakes are high. And it's not just been the first time this year we've had clock management issues from the officials. They've, they've got to really, they've got to uh, button it up right now. They, they need to go full-time officials. These officials need pre-season. They need to be a games. They need to get more consistent. Well, it's, um, it's not, not just that, though. Like, let's, you know, the officials are a part of the problem. But help alongside out. that, alongside that, the NFL have talked about having all like all this technology that they use, all these camera angles and stuff like that. They have constant like communication back in New York, is it, where they've got like the officiating off? I don't know what it is. Building, let's say, or, like how are they not calling some of this back and like going all these plays are reviewable now? Like how are they not coming back and going, oh, you know, this is what's happened. And so how many breaks one. you have? How many breaks you have? All these uh, adverts, all these commercial breaks you need. Um, for you know all, all the sponsorship, sponsorship and money you get into the NFL, well, use some uh, of that in these breaks. <laughs> invest into your games in playoffs. We were talking offline that games aren't at the same time. The officials and New York or whoever NFL only needs to watch one game at a time. Help these guys out. Well, the, the perfect example of that is for me the Devonta Smith uh, catch, no catch in the in the first drive of the Eagles 49ers game because. He went so quick, like he he caught the ball, went so quick, and then it wasn't until I think they said that the the play was done in twenty seconds, but then they showed the replay online, on, like on the TV, to show him not catching the ball at forty seconds. So then, how like if you're watching every angle of this, how is someone else in New York not seeing that? I'm like, hold on a second, we need to look at this properly. Like, don't let them snap the ball. Yeah, uh, fishing aside though, that that one uh, is on Kyle Shanahan. Like with how Devonta Smith, <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. As I soon agree. as Devonta Smith threw those signs up uh, to h- try and hurry up the up of the offense, you knew straight away that something wasn't right. That he wasn't confident he caught it. If I was Kyle Shanahan, I would have thrown a challenge flag right there and then. It, it would have been worth the worth the risk, wouldn't it? Because at, I mean, at that point they were they were rolling. So it I mean, Kyle Shanahan, what are you doing? Not what is what is the game plan when you're not blocking Hassan Reddick? Early in the game. Let's move on. Let's move on about talking about the officials then, because they've got enough attention from everyone else. And let's talk about this atrocious LFC Championship game, because it's the only word I can use to describe it. Not at the fault of the game itself, just at the fault of injuries and stuff like that. But you're right. Like let's let's talk about game strategy. Whose strategy is it to put a tight end against Hassan Reddick? <laughs> like, come and on a receiver, now. Jennings yeah. as well. And this is a backup tight end. There's there's so much wrong with some of this uh, play calling and strategy. Uh, you know the you... danger has been Hassan Reddick all season long. Yes, yeah, I, I I don't dispute that. But we need to look at the players as well. They were undisciplined. San Francisco's best defensive player, Nick Bosa, so many times didn't set the edge, and they just had clear runs on the outside. Yeah, that, well, that that hurt them. On, that hurt them on defense because it, it came in this this forty nineers defense was why the best unit in the league, right? Like they ranked as the best in every every category, sort of thing. Um, but the, you're right, like Nick Bosa not setting an edge. Like I, I don't get him. Like I, I'm not one to criticize, right? Because obviously oh, well, I am not? because that's what we're here for. <laughs> but like. I, I, playing defensive end at that level, it's obviously, a, a, you know, he's, he's doing it well and stuff. But what the hell is his stance? Like, why is he coming out in like a sprinter stance? 
like doing some sort of lunges before he's getting ready for the flight. Unless he's got like an injury, he's like, I need to stretch out my my glute or whatever, my my quad before the actual or my hammy before the play goes. I don't get why his feet are about three yards apart. Hey, the guy <laughs> just wants to stretch. He's just stretching his uh, but his I don't groin get, like, area. I get it. Like maybe it's to help him speed off the edge and like try and get around the defensive tackle. Maybe I don't know. I just for me have like in previous stance, like have your stance a little bit more set because it's it just seems a bit weird to me. But again, I'm not a coach in the NFL. I didn't know the nuances and all of that that well. These guys obviously know it a lot better than me. I sure feel, feel you know everything. Well, <laughs> well, it's just a bit weird to me. Like in the time that I played, I was never taught to have my feet more than like a, a you know two feet apart. Like only between my like between your back heel and your the front of your next foot is only a, a foot apart. But you know, I play at a very low level. Like I, I did play at a very low level compared to these guys. So, well, well my very very brief time with the NTU Renegades, shout out Nottingham Trent, um, <laughs> as a defensive end, the first thing. First training session, you get taught set the edge. That yeah. that that's the main thing that I was just fuming every single time. It happened almost like three runs in a row. He just um, he just crashed inside. And and in all fairness, all the Eagles could do against the 49ers on offense was run the ball. Mm. Like uh, their their passing game just didn't seem to work. But I, I think all of this probably does come down to the fact they were trying to overcompensate. Like, at the end of the day, you're down to your fourth quarterback in the season. And really, you maybe should have been down to your fifth quarterback in Christian McCaffrey or whoever, because Brock Purdy, once he came back in, um, was clearly wasn't ready to throw. Well, I mean, that side of things confused me. And I, I said this to you guys when we were watching it um, last night. Like, it, it confused me why they thought bringing Brock Purdy with one hand who can't throw the ball back in at quarterback, it was a smart move. Because then all it does is it lets the defence that you're playing know you're running the ball. Or, if he's going to throw the ball, as what he did in the second half, every throw he made went less than five yards. Mm. Like, he couldn't throw the ball at all. So then, like, well, we've only got ten yards of field to defend. We just have to defend that ten yards of field, and that's it. Like, at that point, you switch you switch it up. And I, and I get you might not have another emergency quarterback, like, Pitt McCaffrey there might not be the best use for him or whatever. But, like, Chanel treated this to me, or, or Shamla, I forget which one of you do, because, you know, you're basically the same person to me. <laughs> but, like... No, it's... <laughs> but, um, Jennings was a, a four-star quarterback coming out of college? Yeah. Or coming out, coming out of high school? Why is he not your emergency quarterback, for starters? Yeah, and, and you mentioned it to me last night as well. It's just run a wildcat, because we've seen... Uh, offenses, I'm, I'm talking about Tim Tebow time, uh, you know, where there's no threat to pass, really. Um, the only passing threat is you've got some fancy stuff going up in the backfield. You have the most talented backfield at some of these gadget plays. Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, you have Eli Mitchell, um, and yeah. Nothing Eli sure. Mitchell was inactive for this, but like yeah, you're was. saying, even Ayuk, you can add him in. The versatility of use but, check. But yeah, you, you've got enough pieces there that you could create something. And I just feel like Shanahan, I don't know, I feel like this was one of his worst performances as a as a play caller and a head coach, in, in my opinion, because he didn't try and do anything different. Like, he saw that his starting quarterback went out, he put in his backup, tried to do a little bit less 
passing and sort of tried to hand it off a bit more. And it was sort of working because the threat of the pass is still there. But then as soon as Johnson went out, like at that point, you've then got to try and get a bit more creative and try and do something else. And he just didn't do it. He just sort of went, no, I'm going to, I'm just going to run the ball. I'm just going to wear the tyres out on Christian McCaffrey and just let him get battered. But I, I feel like we always, it's easy to blame Shanahan, but it's also one of the hardest positions to be in where you've lost both your quarterbacks. The NFL doesn't allow emergency third quarterback. So it's like you're you essentially in the worst situation in a playoff game. You're not going to have that installed. You're not going to be able to... When no, they were I, in the hole they were in, it was just impossible situation. No, I, I, I agree. And, you know, people could be sat here criticising him for trying something like that. But against, I just Against the best team in the NFL. Yeah. But I just feel like I just feel like you needed to do it because obviously what was happening wasn't working and it's, a one, it's not exactly like they can go on to next week, try and get a bit healthier. That's it. They're done now until next year. So for me, you have to try and do something at that point. And yeah, you could see what was in front wasn't working. So you have to try and switch it up. Do you not feel sorry for Shanahan? Like, every year he gets in the playoffs. Last year, Jimmy G got hurt. This year, both, well, all four quarterbacks got hurt. The guy can't catch a break when it comes to playoff time. But, the, but then, I know, I know, hampered. well, I know a lot of injuries and stuff are, are freak accidents, but I feel like the 49ers are a team particularly that have a lot more injuries than other teams. So is that something that comes down to their own strength and conditioning, like guys? Well, their I own mean, look, you stuff? look at this game. Wrist injury for those, those injuries. Concussion why? for Johnson. They're not. No, no, no. They're, they're free captains. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying those are particularly you can prevent. But all I'm saying is, as, on a whole, you said, like, do, you, do I feel sorry for him? As a whole, you look at this 49ers team under his tenure. How, how, which year can you point and say they've been healthy all season? Like they've had a healthy team all season. Whereas, like, a team like the Eagles, for example, have been pretty healthy, bar. Jalen Hurts missing two games. They've been pretty healthy this year. What about Lane Johnson playing with a torn groin that, in that, that game? That man's a psychopath. So <laughs> that's all I can say about that. But like, they're you know they're relatively healthy though, and it's it's, it's that's the main difference here is that they they kept healthy, and I feel like that's that's part of the training side of things. And I know I know accidents happen. Don't get me wrong. Like I know I know it happens, but attrition's a thing. Like recovery right. and stuff. <laughs> Well, let, let's give some props to the Eagles because as great as this 49ers team was, nah. the Eagles were just better. <laughs> their, no, no, their, no. Their, their offensive should. line. Their offensive line in particular. The, I, I remember on one of Miles Sanders' touchdown runs, Kelsey, how he just uh, you know pulled and he looked like a tight end running down the field. Well, on, on both of Miles Sanders' touchdown runs, the man was like untouched. Like There was not a, a 49ers jersey within five yards of him. Like he he just waltzed into the the end zone twice, and it it comes down to Kelsey at front for me. Like I I treated in our in, I like sent sent a message in our group and said Kelsey is probably the best center we will ever see. Like yeah. he, the guy's just incredible. And we we were we were really analyzing how they were moving that uh, O line. I thought Samalo was playing really well, and um, but Greenlaw seemed a bit slow on runs. I felt like he wasn't instinctive. Uh, reacting. E- even on that Kelsey one where he got through, I thought Greenlawn was a tad slow. He was tad slow to play before, a few runs before. Well, on, on that on that Kelsey one where, where like Kelsey was lead blocking for Sanders, Greenlaw, 
like if we're analyzing the play, Greenlaw did the wrong thing. Instead of instead of forcing like the contact and getting in front of the play, yeah, he, he did, tried he to go behind. Inside. He tried to go inside, like outside of like Kelsey basically. So then Kelsey had an easy block to make where he didn't really have to block at all. And Sanders had a clean lane to the end zone, which what he should have done is forced himself in front of it. But then also, are you really going to want to run in front of a 300 like pound yeah. Jason Kelsey when he's steamrolling down the pitch? No. Well, that that's a sneaky good matchup next week. Is this offensive line against Chris Jones? Uh, how how will they nullify the advantage that he's had? All oh. Year? I- it is a it is a good look. Like it is a good it is a good matchup. But I actually think this if there's an offensive line that's able to do it, it's this offensive line. I agree. Because they're they're they've dealt with other teams that have had good defensive lines. Like one of the things that we gave the Giants credit for, mm-hmm. like and I know they've got the blown off. Yeah, they, their defensive line was meant to be one of the best parts of that team, and they were just nullified in that in that game. Well, like not they... only that, we were talking about the 49ers' defense leading up to this game in our preview prod. Like, we were telling them how good they are on the defense and how perfect they are. But, and... that, uh, but I, no, I disagree with that because I feel like, I feel like, although the score doesn't show how well this defense played, I actually think the defense played pretty well considering the Eagles' offense did not look good. Like, the D line played pretty well. It's just that. As soon as they were handing the ball over to their offense, it was a three plays and done because their offense couldn't do anything. So yeah. of course you're going to tire out. They're, they're so, pretty good uh, defending the pass as well. Like Jalen Hurts' stats weren't pop, uh, popping off the field, uh, off the stat sheet. sheet sorry, um, but he, for me, he still looks good. He's the perfect quarterback for how this Philadelphia team wants to play. Well, I, I think give him two more weeks and a bit more. Uh, chance to heal up a little bit more. I feel he'll be in a better position for this, like Super Bowl, than he was in this game because he was still hurting. So yeah. uh, forget the flag that Kyle Shanahan was getting. Nick Sirianni deserves flag. Like uh, in, the third, <laughs> in late third quarter, he had Jalen Hurts run, I think, five times in a row. Yeah. Uh, when they were essentially had the game won, and then he kept him in there fourth quarter, and I'm like, what are you doing? Well, we 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 said this in our in our group as well. We said like. You know, they should really be resting people. Like, Lane Johnson played a lot of that game, and I'm like, the guy is playing with a torn labrum. Like, he needs to come off the pitch. Like, if you can, if you can give him just some t- like, not play him as much, give him For more some, time to relax. Literally, might, we were saying that at the end of the third quarter on our group chat. But then, and then, was it Tom Milson that then got himself injured in, like, the start of the fourth quarter? Dickerson, man. Like, Dickerson, Dickerson right? sorry. Dickinson, sorry. Yeah, he got himself injured at the start of the fourth quarter. Like, and that's an example of it. Like, they could have put their backups on at that point. And I know they wanted to secure the game and stuff, but the game was done. If you're playing against a team that doesn't have a quarterback and is unwilling to try and change it, the game's done. And doesn't Hurts have a shoulder injury as well? Yeah. Has been nursing. Separated shoulder. So then, if he's got a shoulder injury, why are you asking him to run the ball? Like, I know it's part of the offense, but come on. Come on. What, one thing they need, they need to look at, though, for me as well, one thing that I was, I was thinking about, um, they need to probably look into whether or not those rugby scrum type QB sneaks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the commentators were loving it every Should... time they were getting their pad levels low for these core backs. I mean, look I at mean, them I... textbook stuff. I like it. Like, I think it's great. However, you know, you want to take concussions and stuff out of the game. This is 
like doing that is a perfect example of how people are going to get concussed because like it, you're just piling it's a dog pile at that point but simon are you saying you've um you're softening up now I, i'm not softening up i just feel like i feel <laughs> like um it's it's just one of those plays which eventually the defense will figure out how to stop it and the only way to like realistically the only way to stop a team that is doing that style of rugby like scrum that they do where they get their helmets low is to also get your helmets low so then all that's going to happen is a collision of heads in the floor like and you're going to have people coming behind trying to push you with your head just digging into the, you know it's not going to be it's not going to be good well they anyway, have a man advantage with jordan Mylata. Being a former rugby player. Uh, that might be where they got the idea from, to be honest. But anyway, let's move on and, and talk about this other game. A lot talk about the officiating, but let's actually talk about the play itself, the game itself. Because for me, as though like officiating happened, but the better team still won the day. I want to talk about the rugby passes that uh, Kelsey tried early on <laughs> in the game to Jerry McKinnon. And it, it didn't work, but it was a great idea. Like The play could have gone very far. Um, and then there was a play, I, I think a few, a short while after, um, there was a look that Kelsey gave where he wanted to pitch it again. And he, he thought better of it because it didn't work out the first time. Yeah. I, I like the play. I feel, I feel it's, no, it's, quite come a, on no, it's quite a clever play. I just feel like I agree. Maybe, maybe McKinnon should be a little bit closer to see when he tries it and not be like 15 yards away or whatever it was. I completely disagree with you guys there because I thought it was a bit of a joke. I'm not for doing this really early in the game. As I was saying to Shan, this You've is the gimmick. fun police over here. Yeah, this is too much gimmicky. Give me, get away from it. Yeah, but, no, but dominant. No, no one expects it though. And that's the point. And you say use your dominance. They came into this game, I think they were a receiver short. I don't know if Juju Smith used to like kit it up for this game. But outside of that, they, they lost Pleasewell early. They needed to do other things. And I feel I feel this was a nice a nice segue. Yeah, like you're you're the type of person to criticize the Philly special unless if uh, he did it for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like <laughs> great coaches need have have these plays designed up. And what's the point in designing them up and not Especially using not them when you need to win? No, don't don't design them. How about don't design it? And only use it when you need it in nah. desperation times. How about well, let, that? Well, let, let's just talk about Patrick Mahomes, though, being probably the greatest quarterback we're ever going to see as well. Because, I mean, this was... Some of the throws he made were absolutely out of this world. And yes, we could talk about how he got a little bit of help with the, the offensive line holding a little bit and all of that. But still, he's making these darts and he's making these throws. He looks so comfortable being an uncomfortable and that's yeah. like it's a really rare trait that you rarely see any quarterbacks have. Well, my 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 opinion of Burrows in this game as well was that he seems to be a better quarterback when he's under pressure. Like when there when there's like some sort of time constraint, he is a much better quarterback. Like in these two minute drills, his level of play just takes a massive step up for me. He needs to have that consistency throughout his whole game. But like in, in the last two minutes of the half, and, and I know he threw an interception at the end of the first half, I think it was, but like he still plays at a higher level. And I feel like, you know, we talked about this previously. These are, for me, the two best quarterbacks in the league. Jalen Hurts might have something to say about it, like you said. Yeah, but like, still... I'm, I'm offended that you're not putting Hurts there. But I, I would say that Burroughs and, uh, like, it, it obviously Mahomes is number one, right? But Burroughs is the number two. 
But these are the two guys for me that are the one and two in the league right now. I mean, I, uh, we tweeted from our um, un- the Unqualified Huddle account, and I said, I'd love to see what the Bengals would look like, especially Chase, Higgins, and Burrow, if they had an O-line. Just, yeah. It's the same issue as last year. We thought they fixed it, but and it, they didn't. I, it's, could see no, it's, the season. It's, it's a different issue this year because last year they didn't have the pieces. This year they have the they pieces. They didn't have the stars, but they didn't improve their depth. That's what it tells but, me. Uh, uh, they drafted Jamal Chase over, over Penny Sewell. That's all I'm t- <laughs> Or was it Rashawn Slayer? I can't remember. No, it's Penny Sewell. It, they drafted him over Penny Sewell. But no, the, the, the issue is, though, they, they've got an offensive line now. Like they, they have a decent offensive line, and it was the first year that they've all played together. But they came into this game, and I think they've only got one of the guys still that was starting playing. The rest are all backups because of injuries. So... Like I, I would be the first to crucify them for not fixing their O line because I'm always saying the game is run one like at your O line D line like you. Whoa, 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 whoa! You always crucify some crucify their right tackle in every podcast we have, and their God. So what are you on about here? Simon? No, no, I, 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 I will, I will again. He's, they, he is, he is legit. They he's need legitimately to take good for what two games? One game especially. He that legitimately was this. is the worst offensive lineman. In the NFL right now, for you're me. talking about Sharping, right? The the right guard, the the, the right tackle, Adenergy. Yeah. Well, worst defensive lineman in the NFL. Well, coming into the game, uh, you two were complimenting their running game. Their running game is the 29th ranked in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it. Samaje P. Ryan outsnapped Joe Mixon by basically double in this game. But I think I think the problem with this was why, why P Ryan did is that P Ryan gives you a different look in at a running back. Like he's a better pass catcher than what Mixon is, and and, and, and they Locker. needed and, yeah because then, then, Jones... then you've got one of the highest paid running backs. Is he worth it then? Is he not as good as we think he was? I, I just I just feel like he's not a he's not a free down back. Like, I feel like he, he's better on the first and second downs than he is a third down. But I feel like it, they had to change stuff up early on because Chris Jones was making that O-line his absolute children. Like he was absolutely, I was going to use a different word there, but it's a family friendly podcast that he was owning them. So then they had to think, you know, we can't just put Mixon in and let him run the ball because he's just going to run into Chris Jones. <laughs> like we have to try something else, which is why they tried to implement P-Run a little bit more and try to get like the screen passes up to Jamar Chase. And I, I don't like that. Like, I don't know. I, I struggle somewhat with the play calling with the Bengals because the amount of times they just throw a, a wide receiver screen to Jamar Chase and then let him run for try and run for six yards or whatever. And I'm like, you've got such talented receivers downfield in Jamar Chase and T Higgins and um, Tyler Boyd. Use them. Like, I know you've got to get the ball out quickly, but take a, take a thing out of Tom Brady's playbook. I mean, yeah. in his first six dropbacks, he was sacked three times. And yeah. they were basically, the the other three times are when he was doing quick passes outside of one where I think he completed. But they every time he dropped back, it was like, okay, the Chiefs were like, this is obvious they're passing. They looked obvious when they were going to run. They looked obvious when they were going to pass. They made adjustments later on that helped Burrow. Um, but Tyler Boyd going out was a huge, huge yeah. uh, deficit. Like he, he was set to have a day. Uh, but in the second half, when they figured things out and Burrow had some time, he was unleashing these balls to T. Higgins, Jamal Chase. And it was like, this this was the 
prime Bengals offense from late last year that got them this far. Uh, but it is just that the offensive line they need to show that up because without that, that the highs will always be just. But the, they need they need to between. they need to work for the fact that their offensive line wasn't going to be able to withstand the pressure from this Chiefs D line because I, I disrespected this Chiefs D line. I think before I think we all did. We just said it's Chris Jones. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it is Chris Jones, but Chris Jones is. Is such an integral piece, and he's such a, a great player, essentially. And I feel he's really overlooked, mainly because the Chiefs is all about Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Like he's an overlooked piece of their actual team because he's legitimately that good. So, so, so we did a poll on our Twitter as well last night, and the question was: Is Chris Jones now ahead of Aaron Donald in the defensive tackle rankings? No. What do you guys say? No. I said yes. 71% reply said yes. 29% said no. Of course it did. Because it's like... when did It's, you, it's when very did... recency bias is what you're saying. Yeah. I was going to say, when did you send that out? After he just demolished <laughs> the Bengals single-handedly? Yeah, of course I mean, everyone's going to say Between now. 16 and 17 hours ago, this was tweeted by... Yeah. Dad. But of course, when people are going to see him absolutely demolish the Bengals, they're going to be like, yeah, this guy is like the greatest thing. But... You've got it like you can't forget what Aaron Donald does. <laughs> like he he can't leave him out. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Aaron Donald. We're here to talk about the Chiefs. One concern I do have for them though, actually, coming into this game against the Eagles, um, which we'll talk more about obviously later and later down the line when we know the situation with the receiver core and stuff. But they they seem to have no receivers left. Like the the injuries bug really hit their receivers late in this game. Um and Coming into the like Super Bowl, I don't think trying to throw it deep to MVS is going to really be your answer. I mean, he was the only legitimate receiver in this game. Like, you think about it, Juju Smith-Schuster got hurt. Miko Hardman got hurt. Sky Moore wasn't, is, is not really a threat at this point in his career. Kelsey was playing hurt with his back injuries. Tony got hurt. Yeah, Tony got hurt. And um, after the game, I believe, was it? Schuster or Hardman are struggling to even get up the stairs. So it's it's a team that's battered. You forget about Mahomes, who played this game with his uh, high ankle sprain. I thought he was really good with what he was given. You can tell he's still injured, though. Yeah. yeah. As you a game more on, you can see, okay, this guy's not his 100. Yeah, you can tell he's still hurt. But then I feel like this is going to hamper them because when it comes when it comes to playing the Eagles... The the Eagles defense is better than this Bengals defense. Um, they're they're better across the board, and you know you're not going to get as much a nicer matchup. I don't think with uh, Kelsey because you'll go against one of the I hate to say it, but one of the premier nickel players in the league in uh, Gardner Johnson. So like it's going to be a tough like a tougher day. Like obviously you know Kelsey over Gardner Johnson, but. He is one of the better, better guys in the league for it. Yeah, and then you look at the Eagles. They can beat you anyway. On the ground, the offensive line's elite. They've got the receivers, and they've got the best quarterback in the NFL. So, you know, um, Eagles have the advantage. <laughs> and the Eagles have a lot right. going for them. On that bombshell, we'll leave it there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can we break some breaking news, though? Uh, of course we can. What? Um, and we've not even talked about coaches yet, but the salary cap, is increasing for of by more than sixteen million dollars yeah, for I'm next not surprised. season. 
not surprised. Play, players want more money, and it, it's showing. Like players are being paid more, and they want that more. That was that was kind of a letdown of breaking news. I'm not going to. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's like, gonna it's gonna be a big deal for some of these teams living it, on the edge. We're, we're I, on playoff mode right now. Not yeah. I I was expecting something like juicy. Like you're gonna tell me that someone's got like a broken arm or something. But it's no. I mean, if anything's there. gonna break this time of the year, it's new coaches being hired, and. By the way, Bengals guys, uh, Bengals fans, you might lose your OC annual uh, defensive no, coordinator. What, what are we doing here? Why are we talking about like some some rumors that they're gonna, you know, have an interview with the Arizona Cardinals? You know, like what are you doing here, Sham? Here we are, all excited for the fact that we've just seen just seen the playoffs happen. We're coming into championship, and you're giving me this like, no, no, stop it. All right, bad, can we end on another? Shamil. Can we end on another high then? Looking at the playoffs, Andy Reid against the Eagles in the Super Bowl, his former club. That's something. No, that's a juicy Andy Reid revenge game no. matchup. What's more juicy for me is that it's Travis Kelsey versus Jason Kelsey. It's the first ever time brothers have played each other in a Super Bowl. It's also the first time two black quarterbacks have faced off in the Super Bowl as well. There you go. That, that's it's also now... Odd. Guess what, guys? Provo week. Anyway, we'll go, we'll delve into that next podcast. Yeah, we'll have a delightful talk about the Provo next podcast. Yeah. So we've all got that to look forward to. And on that bombshell, we'll leave it there. Thank you all for listening. Um, we'll be back later in the week to, as as for mentioned, talk about the Provo, and we'll talk about any coaching hiring or any other news. At that point. And hopefully it'll be more exciting than the breaking news that Jamal seems to think is worth talking about. But it's out of time. See ya. Peace. Parabolic.